Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to another exciting wing and clay shooting adventure right here on wing and clay nation radio boy what a busy week hey i'm your host marty fisher and it has been absolutely crazy for me i um uh, for those of you who don't know i i I do a lot of different things in the outdoors i i i I design gun clubs i'm a professional shooting instructor i you know i do this radio show i do television uh and and I'm an, an outdoor writer, you know, written a couple of books. And here all of a sudden, I, I'm getting swamped with um, uh, with writing assignments, which, you know, is not all bad. I'm, I'm really enjoying it, for instance. Uh, and, and it's a little bit of everything. I've uh, uh, just finished up an article on 410 turkey hunting shotguns for, uh, for Mossy Oak. Uh, Clay Shooting USA, a great magazine for uh, for clay shooters. Uh, I did a, an article on course design that's coming out in the upcoming issue. Uh, Clay Target Nation, which is the official uh, publication of National Sporting Clay's National Skeet. Uh, you've got a couple of articles to do for them, but you know, one of them I've been working on called The Package, and it's a little bit about, about what it is to be the complete package of a shooter. And the other one is, a, <clears throat> I just got this assignment to, to do a history of clay target shooting in the United States. So that that's going to be a lot of fun, you know, and, and I've also been putting together, I said I was a, a, a shooting instructor, I'm putting together a, um, a shooting school for Drake Waterfowl, uh, one of my great sponsors, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be coming up, uh, you know, sometimes late this summer before dove season, and we'll have some conversation about that. Um, <clears throat> what else is going on, you know, and, and, and uh, winging clay news, uh, wow. Uh, late season snow goose, the conservation season is is ongoing, and the birds are really heavy now. They're starting to move back north. Uh, some of these weather fronts have a tendency to hold them up a little bit. From what I'm seeing, uh, Missouri and Illinois have a lot of birds right now, and they'll continue to move north. Um, the uh, Osceola turkey hunting season starts in South Florida, way down South Florida, uh, on March the 2nd. And there are a bunch of shooting events going on. I mean, <clears throat> National Sporting Clays events, uh, the 26th Annual Seminole Cup is ongoing as we speak. And they've got, um, for the main event, and, and this could go up a little bit, looks like they've got 587 people from all over the world there. Um, uh, this is this place is located. Uh, sea Island is located between Jacksonville and Savannah, so the weather's going to be really, really nice. I'll tell you where the weather, weather wasn't nice. You know, last week they had a, a, a little, just short of 400 shooters in Las Vegas at the Clark County Shooting Park for the Ducks Unlimited Continental Shoot. And for those of you who follow who follow the weather, uh, you might remember that Las Vegas had about seven inches of snow, which is a little bit crazy for those folks, but. Um, uh, it looks like the weather cleared up for them, and they wound up having a great event. The uh, the Gator Cup that we talked about in previous shows, uh, South Slaughter this time of year always has a lot of shooters. They had 729 people at the Gator Cup down at uh, Quail Creek Plantation. So what a great event that was. And, hey, a couple of big-time shoots coming up for sporting clay shooters. Uh, the Arizona State shoot is at uh, Coyote Springs in Tucson, March the 7th through the 10th. Uh, the South Carolina State shoot is early this year. It's at um, a good buddy of mine, Joe Candy's place over at Hermitage Farms over in Camden, South Carolina. That's March the 15th through the 17th. Uh, skeet shooting is starting to crank back up. The Blosser Skeet Championship is being held in San Antonio at the National Gun Club. That's March 14 to 17. And the Kriegoff Masters, I always like to mention this because it's a really big shoot and it's at my personal gun club, Forest City Gun Club in Savannah. That takes place May the 2nd through the 5th, and that'll be another 500-plus shooter event. Uh, The ATA folks, the the trap shooters, 
the Florida State shoot is is uh, scheduled for March 19 to 24 at the Silver Dollar Club in Odessa. And the Arizona State shoot is also in Tucson. Boy, Tucson has a lot of really big shooting events, but it's at the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club, uh, March 19 to 24. <clears throat> if you want to check out all of these different places you, uh, for sporting clay shooters, mynsca.org, skeet shooting, mynsa.org, and for your trap shooters, shootata.com and those websites will give you all of the information on the on those organizations and upcoming events and <clears throat> you know one of the things that that this show is going to be all about as we move along in the future we're going to do a lot of talk about about youth shooting and boy there are more people more youth shooters out there these days than ever before and i'm going to give you a heads up next week uh, we're going to have some representatives from the USA High School Clay Target League, which in 2019 is, is going to be active in 25 states, and they're going to have about 30,000 kids participating in that league. What what a, a great opportunity. Uh, the NRA convention's coming up in Indianapolis, April 25 to 28. And, wow, you know, uh, before I get into my first guest, I, I've got a – uh, <clears throat> do a quick reminder. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about those guys down at the Seminole Cup. I, you know, I wonder, you know, how many of those guys have got their guns really protected when they're traveling to shoot? I mean, they're stopping for dinner. They're, they're staying in a hotel. Well, I've got a 30-second fix I can tell you about, and it's called a crushable vault. It's by far the best protection you can have for your guns and ammo while you're away from home. And every crushable vault product comes with two locking mechanisms, one that locks your gun case, the other secures it to your vehicle or any permanent structure in your hotel room. Aside from that, you know, you don't have any worries. Your freedom is secured. You know, if you've got, it takes you 30 seconds to, to put the locks on, takes you 30 seconds to get access to them. And other than that, you've got it made. So check these folks out. It's a great product, crushablevault.com. And if you're going to order a product, Make sure you use the promo code MARTY at checkout, and that gives you an instant 10% off on your order. Now, that's a lot of stuff and a lot of conversation, and I'm, uh, I'm going to take, take a second and, uh, <clears throat> and introduce my guests this week, and this is, uh, is going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. My guest this week, and this is for you waterfowl hunters, and I'm telling you, this guy has got it going on. Mike Holman, Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters. Now, I have been hunting uh, with those guys up in the Western Prairies of Canada uh, a couple of times, uh, maybe even three times now, and it has always been spectacular. Mike Holman, are you on the phone with me? Yes, sir. Buddy, hey, it is great to hear from you, and uh, uh, you'll have to forgive me for, for taking up so much time doing all of my wing and clay news, but there was a lot going on. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> no problem. It, it's amazing how fast the, the time goes when you when you start talking about all of these events and things that have happened. But, hey, we've got some serious things that we can talk about here. Now, when when <clears throat> the first thing I want to do, we've just got, we've got a couple of minutes until our first break. So what I want to do is, if, if you can, in, in, in that couple of minutes, Mike, tell us a little bit about Mike Holman, and then we'll take it from there. But introduce Mike Holman for me. Yes, sir. I mean, I've been uh, been in the waterfowl industry for uh, 15 plus years. I've been guiding uh, for about the same uh, down in Texas quite a bit, um, and then the same in Canada as well. Kind of slowed down in the Texas aspect just because it's been busy and everything, and kind of focusing on the the Canada stuff. And uh, you know, did that, and then for a couple years I was. Uh, dabbled in some couple different call manufacturers and kind of helped them with uh, producing and uh, pushing some some duck and goose calls. I did that for a little while, and then uh, kind of the same thing in the the gear industry as well. As far as uh, a couple different companies, there's uh, you know doing you know gear testing and you know uh, decoy testing and stuff like that. So I did that for a little while, and then um, kind of just slowed down a little bit and uh, just kind of focusing on the guide and stuff and just, you know, doing that a uh, couple months out of the year with the migration and um, just been enjoying that, basically. Well, and and the migration is something that, that yeah, and you get to see it from the 1st of September all the way up to November. And, and, and you know, most folks don't get to see that, but but I, I, I've got to admit, 
it's pretty spectacular, you know. And yeah. and uh, and you know, if you're there at the right time, it is it is mind-boggling with the number of birds that you might see. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I am. Um, I, I, you know, the, the times that I've, that I've been up there, you know, and, and I've gone different times of the year, you know, everybody thinks that you have to go at very, very, very early, but you know, the shooting is great early. The shooting is great in the middle. And to be honest with you, the shooting is great all the way until the first of November, because, you know, you've got birds coming from a long way off and, and all those, but you know, they travel, they stage, they stop, they feed, they move. So, you know, it can be good anytime. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even even after we're, we're done guiding, uh, which is usually the first week of November is kind of when we shut it down, uh, we'll hunt all the way into mid to late November, um, just, just kind of for fun, us and the guides and stuff. And there's still a, an amazing amount of birds still up there. Um, and even where we are, I mean, sometimes we've got to drive a little bit. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing how long they linger, and then they move out, and then a new group moves in, even, you know, as late as November, and they're already shooting them in, you know, the Dakotas and Missouri and stuff. I mean, they're shooting them there, and we're still shooting them up north sometimes. Well, it's, it's amazing. Well, look, <clears throat> we're, we're up on a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how, we, how you go about doing this because it's scouting. There's all kind of stuff that takes place. So, folks, stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. More from Mike Holman right now. <laughs> The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And I'm here with my good friend, Mike Holman from Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters. And, and, and you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking about what, what, the hunters go through when they're up there hunting with Mike. I mean, I've experienced that. I know, you know, I, I can't help but think about the guys on that shooting line when Mike, when Mike calls the shots, says, get them. I mean, all heck breaks loose, guys. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of shooting going on. I mean, guys launching three-inch magnum loads up in the sky, and, and uh, you know, and, and everybody's hearing all of those shots. And uh, <clears throat> thank goodness I've, I've been smart enough to have my ears protected when I go up there. And, you know, and I do that with what I think is the best 
hearing protection product on the market. That's ESP. That's electronic shooters protection. And, you know, I've been using ESPs for more than 20 years, and I can't even tell you how many shots I've, I've been next to or heard. I mean, it's it's up in the millions. But the ringing in my ears that I used to experience before I had this product has gone away. I don't have it anymore. You know, you can, you can, you can, you can hear things with them in just like normal, or you can even turn them up a little bit if you want to increase that. But anything over 90 decibels and a bunch of shotguns noise is definitely over 90 decibels is is cut off and muted. And these are custom molded products. I'll tell you, check them out, ESPAmerica.com. And I promise you, you'll thank me if you get a pair of these. It's a really, really great product. So, Mike, back to back to what we were talking about, buddy. I mean, um, you know, we talk about September all the way to November and the migrations taking place. So, let's let's talk about hunting up there. I mean, you know, for folks that haven't seen it, uh, you know, there are not a lot of trees. I mean, it's it's just you know, as far, sometimes as far as you can see. And you've got to figure out where the birds are. So scouting really plays an important part, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. That would, that's probably the heart and soul, and a lot of people don't see that, but that is, that's probably the heart and soul of where it starts as far as setting up a hunt. Um, I mean, because you could be one field over, which is, you know, half a mile, or you could be 100 yards off of the spot. I mean, it makes a big difference, a big difference on being where the birds want to be. Well, and... <clears throat> And and you want to be on the X. I mean, let let's face it. I mean, and that and and a lot of that, a lot of being on the X, uh, comes from you know guys like you and 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 your partner and and you know the guys that work for you, uh, <clears throat> you know actually knowing where that X is because it is um, uh, it it's really <laughs> it's really frustrating to be a couple of hundred yards off the X when you see all of these birds landing over there and you say, boy, you know we should have been over there. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there with 900 decoys out and you're wondering what the heck's going on. But, uh, you know, that that doesn't happen very often with um, with Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters. I mean, those those guys have have been doing this long enough that they they, they've got it figured out. So when you find a spot, Mike, I mean, uh, you know, things are things are different up there. I mean, sometimes you're hunting for Canada's, sometimes you're hunting for snows and blues. Sometimes you've got speckle bellies mixed in. Sometimes you've got ducks mixed in. Let's talk about decoys. I mean, decoy sets in the, you know, in, in a situation like that uh, are, are, are pretty critical. I mean, there's more to it than just throwing, you know, a thousand decoys on the ground. You've got to have a plan. Absolutely. And a lot of it depends on, you know, kind of what you're targeting, uh, that would be kind of your first step. And then, um, I mean, for instance, like if you're hunting Canada's, uh, if you're early season, uh, typically you'll see a lot of smaller family groups because there's a lot of local birds that you're hunting. Um, so then you kind of want to mimic, you know, smaller family groups. And, I mean, we we do very well on just, you know, three or four dozen decoys for Canada's. I mean, real, real small, real loose groups. Uh, and then when we kind of get into the middle of the season, you know, we may bump those numbers up where we have a dark goose spread of, um, you know, 10 to 12 dozen, and, you know, we got migrators flying over that you're trying to pull in, and um, so that makes a big difference. And the snows are kind of the same way. Um, you know, there's a lot smaller groups of snows um, where they're in family groups early season, and then as the season progresses, I mean, they're in large, large uh, flocks where, I mean, visibility is everything. You may have to be competing against some other other fields of birds, so as the season progresses, your spread needs to progress as well with it, for sure. Well, and that is that's something that I don't think a lot of people you know can get a grasp on is just how far these birds can see. I mean, they're flying up, you know, hundreds of yards up in the sky, and they can pick out a you know, a birds on the ground or decoys on the ground from a long, long way off. So, you know, there's there's a lot to it that uh, you know in terms of technique. I know when I'm hunting with you, you do a lot of flagging. Uh, mm-hmm. You do a lot of a lot of calling. I mean, I and and we want to talk a little bit about about the flagging and the calling because uh, those things absolutely do work, and I think they're really necessities up there. So let's talk a little bit a little bit about the flagging number one, and then we'll we'll jump into the calling not only for geese but also for ducks. So tell me a little bit about your your flagging and and how does that work? Yeah, the, the flagging is 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 basically is the movement. I mean, so. Typically, we'll, we'll use a flagging in t- typically 
two different times. We'll do one to get their attention, whether they're far away, you know, using the flag to make sure they're headed your direction, or if they're going to another location, you can flag, and then you mix in the call in to kind of help pull them over. But especially when they're finishing, uh, like a no-wind condition, for example, if they're circling, you don't want to flag at them when they're right in front of you or right behind you. You want to flag at them on their corners of your, you know, of your, of your setup. You know, they'll be banking one way or the other. You flag just enough to keep their attention because they don't have that full view of the right at you. They're they're getting the side view, so they can't. They're not really seeing everybody in the spread or the, how the movement is. They just see on the corner of their vision. Hey, there's still movement there, and that really hit them on the corners when they're you know going around. That makes a big, big, big difference on how they set up or you know getting them to finish. If there's a no wind day, they can really finish well if you add that movement on the corners when they're you know circling around you. Well, and I don't think a lot of people realize how many sets of eyes we're talking about here. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's the reason that you don't want these birds looking right at you. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. a, you know, that's one of the worst things you can do because, you know, any movement that you make is, is going to draw all of those eyes. So now you've got, you've got, your, <clears throat> got your hunters laying there and... You know, everybody doesn't realize how still you actually have to be. And, and you know, uh, birds are drawn to movement. So anything that moves that looks unnatural is going to be a problem, isn't it? Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And then uh, the faces, too. I mean, any, anything that's not covered in camo and you get a movement, I mean, they, 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 that color isn't natural to them. So they seem to pick it up real quick, real quick. Well, and, uh, you know, it's just. You know, you and I both loved a turkey hunt, and it's like a turkey. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you couldn't, you couldn't almost wear blue or orange in the turkey woods if you never moved. If you were a dead, you know, they'd look at it, but they may not freak out from it. But it's the movement that that gets them, and that's why the camouflage is so important. And a lot of times, uh, you even get away from camo and go to go to white suits when you're hunting yeah. snow geese. And and I, I know that's that's really really effective because you've got to have the uh, you've got to blend in. I mean, it can't have anything that doesn't look like it blends exactly right. Now, one of the things that that I that I do notice is that uh, snow geese, for instance, and we'll we'll talk about these different species. The snow geese tend to be extremely vocal, so there's a lot of calling. And and um, you know, up in Canada, you know, there are times. When electronic calling is is uh, legal, and there are times when it's not. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about calling for those for the snow geese. So yeah, typically um, we we will use electronic calls where we are. Where um, it's, we can use electronic calls all season, uh, which makes it very very effective, especially on some of these you know the snows and stuff, and they, some of these newer birds that are you know this will be their first migration. They've never they've never seen the snow spread. They've never heard the you know, the electronic call. So that makes a big difference um, in pulling in those juvenile birds, the younger birds. And typically, we kind of almost use them to help bring in the other birds. We may be having, you know, three or four juvenile birds circling over the spread or finishing. Uh, typically, we let those birds come all the way in and pass on them to help pull in the bigger, larger flocks of the adults and stuff. But um, we'll use the e-callers, and then, you know, we always watch our volume, too, because that could be another thing. You know, on a really windy day, you want to have your volume bumped up, but if it's a real calm day, if your volume's bumped up, you can easily, those birds will come in at your spread and they'll, they'll, they'll actually blow out of the spread and everything if the, you know, the volume is too loud. So mm-hmm. that's a big factor. It's not a matter of just turning it on and walking away. You really need to watch your volume um, all off your weather and, and even just watch the birds. I mean, sometimes the birds are, you know, a crazy weather day or they've just had a big migration. They've come into the area and they may like the loud noise. So I always just kind of watch the birds and see what they do. If they're really finishing on one particular volume or sound, I'll leave it there, or if they're not working on one volume and sound, I'll change. So I'll change the um, the track to something else. Maybe they want, you know, a smaller flock feeding or a larger flock feeding. So, more or less, just we always watch the birds and see what they do. And if they're not working, then just change it up until you find what works. Well, and and I notice that in addition to the electronic calls when when we're when we're after snow geese, you know, you're calling as well. Now, do you do you pick out? a single bird to call to or do you do you just call to the group and and kind of try to put a little steering on them right there at the end yeah i always try to typically pick one bird to call you know to call at or focus my attention on it's 
Um, it's, it's a little harder to do with snows because there's so many, but definitely on, on bigger geese and stuff, Canada's and whatnot. But I always try to pick that one bird that I feel like is in the front or the one that I can. It just kind of helps me more or less concentrate on, you know, that one particular bird. If it, that one bird will dip or if I can get him to do something in particular. I mean, a lot of times that it, all it takes is one bird to commit and it can bring the whole flock in. So, um, and also, too, it just kind of it changes it up and makes it a little more realistic um, hearing a secondary sound versus than just, you know, snow geese just roaring in a speaker. You know, I always try to mix it up or the flock of ducks buzz by and, you know, you, know, you want to get the guys on a couple flocks of ducks, then, um, you know, throwing that duck call out there makes, it makes a big difference. They, they react to it quite a bit. Well, what, what, I've, what I've found that's really unusual is how ducks – will decoy the snow geese decoys. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Especially it's amazing. <laughs> you know, you, th- you think you got to have a bunch of uh, duck decoys out there. And, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I think I can remember times when, when we shot ducks and didn't even put a duck decoy out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah, what people that's... always ask. They're, you know, we'll be doing an afternoon duck hunt, but we're setting out snow goose spread, you know, a small one, and wearing the white coats, and they always ask, you know, why where are the duck decoys? We should have a couple dozen duck decoys, and it's uh, <laughs> it can, it's definitely a little bit different. I just tell them not not, not to worry, kind of thing. <laughs> well, it is it's really yes. Well, well, look, we're uh, we're we're coming up on our our second break here, Mike, and we're, we're going to take that here in a few seconds, and when we come back. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about, about mallard calling. I want to talk a little bit. With, hey, don't want to leave the Sandhill Cranes out. We need to talk about those. Talk a little bit about the dogs because you've got great dogs. And uh, and uh, and then we'll, then we'll go from there. But, hey, folks, stay tuned. Winging Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath. Emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. I'm still here with my good buddy Mike Holman of Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters. But hey, you know, I want to make sure that uh, that everybody knows how to get in touch with with the show, get in touch with me. You know, as I said, wingandclayradio.com is the website. Uh, Twitter.com slash wingclaynation. Facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. And then on Instagram at instagram.com wingandclayradio also. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. And and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to have you come in and uh, 
uh, you know, like the like our pages and and share them and. You know, hey, I've got a, a good buddy of mine who's uh, just heard from him uh, today. They're finishing up their their quail hunting season down here in South Carolina, and you know, Mike's Mike's sitting here thinking about booking hunts for coming up this fall, and and the quail season's getting coming to an end. My buddy Jack Cassidy, I had Jack on the on the show, uh, you know, some weeks ago. He owns a beautiful place in South Carolina called Woodside Plantation, and. You know, they're already getting ready for next season. They're doing control burns, all of those types of things. So, hey, folks, if you want a quality quail hunting experience, and I mean quality now, we're talking a mule and wagon, great dogs, great people, great food at a truly memorable shooting plantation that dates all the way back into the 1700s, do me a favor. Give Woodside Plantation a look at Woodside Plantation SC, that's like South Carolina, Woodside Plantation SC. Dot com. Now, Mike Holman, I'm letting yes, sir. Uh, letting letting you catch your breath, boy. We've been talking a lot, and we, you know, we were talking uh, in a, in our previous segment about about calling snows and things like that. But hey, you know what? You've got other stuff that that that's really really cool. And I'm talking early in the season. I think you told me, and 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 it goes on in Sandhill Cranes. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh man, <laughs> that's a whole. A whole new ball game there. So the Sandhill Canes, I mean, it's, it's man, some days they're they're just like a normal waterfowl, and then other days you need to take the rules of waterfowl, throw it out the window, and do something completely different just because they, they can definitely throw a curveball on you. But, man, we can shoot uh, so we can shoot five where we are. Um, they're great to eat, which makes it even better. Um, we decoy them in just like geese, um, and they, they are a blast to shoot. They are a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, I remember. I remember one year we 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 set up somewhere. You know, you could hear a, a railroad uh, track at a distance for train, and it was really foggy. And and you had said, "Hey guys, this is Sandhills are are here. They, they've been coming to this field." Well, <laughs> that fog never really fully lifted, and all of a sudden these things started coming. Well, we had five. We had five guys, and and. Um, I think I probably threw up my hand and said, "Mike, you know, we better get a count in a hurry here because it was." So, I mean, we were we were getting bombarded by uh, by sandhill cranes, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, they uh, they're not called the ribeye of the sky for nothing. I mean, they they really really do taste good when you put them on a grill or put them in stews or something like that. But but you know that's something that yeah you got sandhills early. I mean, you know people. Talk about coming to, to Canada in early September. I mean, sandhills are there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the good thing about that is they have a tendency to mix in with other, uh, you know, Canada geese or you know snows. So we can often we try to find you know a nice little combo shoot where we can get a limit of sandhills and you know get you know you know half a dozen bonus Canadas or something like that to mix it mix it for a real fun morning. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and we haven't even talked about the duck hunting up there. The duck hunting is remarkable um let's talk about that for a second you know talk about the, the duck hunting and, and the calling and things like that I mean, it's most you know it's, it's a lot of mallards i mean you get some other species but primarily it's mallards from start all the way to finish isn't it yes yes yeah well definitely and you can kind of see you know it's, it's and this kind of goes back to the migration thing it's pretty neat how you could see where at the beginning of the season you have all you know they're still molting and getting their color so uh, they're mostly all brown, um, but you can really t- kind of tell which birds are, you know, the local birds that have actually hatched in that area. And as the weather progresses throughout the season, you can kind of tell the, the northern mallards that, you know, that migrate from further north and then even into late season, you know, the big, real big northern mallards, you know, the big red feet. Um, and it's, it's, really, it's really different because, you know, most places in the states and stuff, you're hunting, you know, off the weather where up there it's kind of the same, but you can still – you know, it's you have birds that are migrating over, you know, and you go to the old hail call, and that's, you know, now a lot of times it's kind of into competition. Well, up there, it it's just like textbook perfect. I mean, you hail call them in, and, I mean, it's not uncommon to pull half a dozen or the whole group. I mean, and you're just screaming at them on the calls, and, I mean, I've, I've seen it more times than not where they will just literally drop up out of the clouds and just come all the way into your spread, and that is... That is the one thing that gets me, and as a guy, not being able to shoot and those things. These are the, those are the kind of things that just get my blood boiling, 
because it is it is a sight to see. That is, that is well, it, 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 yeah, it certainly is. And when I mean, when you get a when you get a flock of, you know, what could be a hundred or two hundred or three hundred, and, and all of them all of a sudden lock up, it's it's a little bit crazy. And and you know that's what that's what a lot of guys go up there for. But you know, there's so many other things. I mean, it, it, I, I think we're you know, your dark geese, you can you can you can shoot eight a day. Your, mm-hmm. your, your white geese, you, uh, you, know, you can shoot 20 a day. Ducks, mm-hmm. you can shoot eight a day. Sandhills, you can shoot five a day. I mean, my gosh, you know, there, there, there's so much opportunity up there. I, I mean, I remember one morning uh, when I was up there, we had five guys and we were taping television. And um, my, my camera guy had gotten messed up, so we were actually having to do our own filming so what, somewhat. And... Um, so we only had four guys shooting at a time, and, and you got us on this one field. And I think I think that morning we should what was one twenty two. It was it was definitely a good number. <laughs> yeah, well, I think one twenty two. One twenty two, I think, was the number just for that morning shoot, and uh, <clears throat> it was absolutely just spectacular. So uh, now here here's one other thing, and then you know we talk about all of these birds that are getting knocked down, and and the one thing, Mike, that that I've always admired about about your operation and, and how you hunt, you got great dogs. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 want, I want you to talk a little bit about, about your dogs because I'm telling you, uh, those, those creatures can get it done. And, and of course, in that situation, you've got to have some that get it done. They've got to get their job done and get back because there's birds coming all the time. So tell me a little bit about the dogs that you use. Yeah, I mean, we, we always use labs. Um, and it's kind of a kind of more of a personal preference. Um, it's, it's crazy because um, I mean I don't even know where to start on this. So the the dog kind of thing, you know, we all typically you know get our dogs, you know, nor- the normal gun dog training and stuff. And once we start guiding and those kind of things, the dog has its basics that it's learned in gun training. And typically we try to have a high strong high strong dog to get you know pick up that the large number of birds and stuff. But I honestly feel they almost kind of teach themselves on what you want as your season progresses or, you know, years to come because there's things that my dog has picked up that I've never, never showed them. Or, you know, the, I know a real big one is, and this is something that she got trained to do, but I feel like it, once she gets in the environment more often, she sees which birds are crippled or which birds, you know, there may be two or three birds that are crippled. And, you know, she's always in the you know normal dog training world. She's trained to go get the furthest bird first. Well, they, I feel like they just learned that, well, this bird here, even though he's not the furthest bird away, he is less crippled than the other ones, and he's going to get away if I don't go to that bird. So they kind of naturally learn things to where i got to go after that bird first, or I've even had my dog break at times. And most cases, you know, you're, you get mad because they break. Well, she's breaking because she needs to get a head start on that particular bird because if she doesn't, she's not going to catch it. Right. So it's it's really amazing seeing them how they just naturally adapt to a situation, and they they just become just really really good dogs in a guiding world where it's not always the same as a normal training situation where they just naturally learn to pick stuff up. It's really amazing. Well, and 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 one of the things that that uh, some folks may not know, you know, most of the hunting that you do up there is in dry fields. I mean, you're not yeah. hunting over water. I mean, it, it's kind of nice to go duck hunting and never get wet. Yes, <laughs> yes, you could definitely leave the waders at home most of the cases, and um, it, we're all we're hunting feeding fields. So it's and everyone asks, man, I just want to set up on a pond and and shoot some birds, and you can definitely do that all day long. Uh, but in our situation, we, we try to hunt a feeding field where, you know, they're, they're going to a grain field, dry field, and, um, and a lot of people have never experienced that. So that's another reason why we, we try to stay away from water and stuff is because um, not every day you get to see, you know, tons of mallards going into a, a wheat field mm-hmm. or a pea field. So we try to focus on that because that's something that people have really never experienced. Well, <clears throat> we, we, you know, we, we need to start talking a little bit about about how somebody can come hunt with you. I mean, this is a, you know, we've, we've kind of set the table a little bit and I, and I, I, I'll tell you folks, uh, you go up and hunt with Mike and, um, you'll probably be a repeat customer. You know, it, uh, they, they put on a, they put on a really, really good show. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, that you and I talked about, you know, when we first started going, um, you know, you guys had, you know, two, three, four groups, something like that, but you, you've kind of, gone the exclusive route nowadays 
Yeah, we've kind of we've kind of gotten a little smaller, um, just more or less so that we can kind of cater to every group. You know, personally, um, it's a little easier for us, um, and it it really opens the table to a lot of different options every day. Um, you know, there's several cases where you know the guys are like, "Hey, we just want to we'll shoot whatever you guys recommend," and then we'll come back and say, "Hey." We found this particular location, you know, it's going to be a really good hunt, but we need to let it set a day. Um, so it gives us the chance to really find something that's really special for, for somebody or a group of people that have never done something and letting it build or get better or a weather is a big one. I mean, when a lot of people want to come up for the snow goose experience, but sometimes the weather doesn't allow us to have a really banger day. But you check that forecast and, you know, two days from now there's a big cold front coming in, so hey, let's... We've got a spot, but let's let it set with this weather coming in, and it, it really opens our options a lot more um, for for the hunter coming up to really have a wide range of options versus saying, "Hey, this is where you're going, this is what you're doing." It's it, it really it really helps, and it also helps our numbers and you know having the hunters being able to you know be in a better field every day. That's for sure. Right. Well, uh, and we've got to take our final break of the show, and and when we come back, we're going to talk about those options that you are talking about. You know, you've got different packages that, that people can choose, and, and we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of hunting with Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters right after these messages. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. WingandClayRadio at gmail.com That's WingandClayRadio at gmail.com now, let's get back to this week's show. Hey, guys, and welcome back. Uh, I'm here with Mike Holman of Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters, and uh, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. That's SaskatoonWaterfowl.com, I think, Mike. I don't think we put outfitters on the end, do yep. we? That, that's right. Nope, SaskatoonWaterfowl.com. Yes, sir. All right, great. Okay, now, we were talking a little, uh, you know, in our in our previous segment, uh, you know, a little bit about... Um, about the dogs, and now all of a sudden we you know, how do how do we how do we book a hunt with Saskatoon Waterfowl Outfitters? Because you've got a number of different packages, and uh, why don't you just t- take a couple of minutes and explain what those are, Mike? Because you know uh, there are a lot of options here. Yeah, so we've got um, more or less just kind of two 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 packages, and then different date. You know, add more days on on different ones on top of that. So basically, we have like an all inclusive package where you you show up pick you up, and then other than, you know, your, your minor things, you know, gratuity, alcohol, those kind of things, um, 
everything else is covered. So all your ammunition, whether you shoot one one box a day, twenty boxes a day, it's it's covered. Bird cleaning, the lodging, the meals, uh, transportation back to the airport, um, all those kind of things. You know, we'll have your hunting license ready for you. So it's kind of a a one stop shop. You know, there's no hidden hidden fees or any extras or anything like that. And then uh, we have the basic package because the inclusive sometimes isn't for everybody. Um, and basically, uh, it includes the same as the other one, except you know you have to get out to us, you know, out to camp. Um, you got to buy your own ammunition and your own hunting license. So, okay. um, and just everybody's got their personal preference, and so we we try to you know do our best to uh, cater to everyone. And sometimes we get special requests, and we we try to accommodate everybody any chance we can. Well, and and if you're if you're coming up there and you're flying, you fly into Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting guns into the country is not that big of a problem. I mean, there's some paperwork there, but it's, you know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think I think the one thing that folks need to know is, you, you know, uh, Canada, you know, for whatever reason, you, your, your record better be pretty clear or they'll put you back on a plane. Yes. Yeah, they like to they like to ask a lot of questions. So. <laughs> um, and the other good thing, too, is, um, you know, if some people don't want to travel with their gun and dealing with the extra fees of baggage and stuff. We've actually started uh, renting out guns this year, too. So mm-hmm. um, that's really appealing uh, to a lot of people when they don't want to travel with one. So it's, right. it's a little bit of work, but not too bad. Well, and that makes it a lot easier because you don't have to go through that hassle at, you know, at, mm-hmm. at the air. And if you know, and honestly, it's not that much of a hassle if you've got the paperwork done. But you know, it, it, it's just a, an extra step that that you can bypass. And uh, uh, you know, and now, you know, I remember when I first started coming, we were staying pretty much in town. But you told me that you've got a new lodge outside of town, and you're closer to where the birds are. Yes, yeah, we've got a nice little little farmhouse, and it kind of gets everybody into more of the environment of, of where we hunt and um, kind of seeing how other camps and farms are, are and in the area and we're right next to another you know local really big farmer and um, it kind of puts you more out you know out there and kind of in, in the experience and really cuts our drive time way down way down so um, you know less drive time means more sleep for everybody so <laughs> you know, that's always appealing to everybody for sure well it it, it is amazing how much sleep you don't get you know it's uh you know (laughs) i know every time i leave there uh because i'm so excited to be there uh you know it it really almost takes me a couple of days to recover uh you know even even when i get you know my normal amount of sleep because it's uh you know you're just so wired to 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 go out and and do this and and uh it it really is great great fun but you know you i mean you've got you've got really good food at the lodge you've got i mean every it's pretty much what you'd expect if you if you go to a hunting lodge, you know, really anywhere. Only now, you're right where the birds are, and that has really got to be appealing to hunters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're you could be sitting on the porch and just kind of relaxing in between hunts, and you hear birds migrating over, or you know, we're coming back from a hunt, and you know, right across from camp, there's you know, a grind of birds right there. It's 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 really cool how much you're right in right in the migration. I mean. I mean, we're talking your five, ten-minute drive in the morning. I mean, so really, where you where you stay, I mean, it's you look out the window anytime, and there's waterfowl everywhere. It's it's really cool. That is that is really cool. So if somebody, <clears throat> let's say somebody wants to wants to book with you, I mean, you go to the website. Um, you know, there's all the contact information there. I'm 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 assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a uh, all of our contact information is there. There's a one eight hundred number on there as well. Um, you, anything, you know, our cell phone numbers are on there, so you can always shoot us a text if you're kind of busy. Or um, email is also another way to get a hold of us. And we've even got a few people getting a hold of us through Facebook and those kind of things. And uh, just kind of let us know what you're looking for. And that's one of our first thing we always ask everybody is, you know, what what is your target? Is it you know big Canada's? It snows, plumed out mallards, uh, sandhill cranes. And then we always try to recommend. Well, we recommend you know kind of end of the season, middle of the season. Uh, we always try to help people and you know, kind of steer them in the right direction of what they're looking for. You know, we'd hate for someone to, that wants to shoot big green heads all plumed out and stuff and come in September when they're all brown. You know, they mm-hmm. may be more of a late season kind of, uh, you know, dates that you may be looking for kind of thing. Well, I've, I've been there early. I've been there late. And it's been it's been great regardless of the time. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but like you say, I mean, the, the, the later you go, especially for your mallard ducks, you know, if you go from about the 15th of October – 
uh, you know, you're going to be able to pick those green heads out. I mean, you'll be Absolutely. able to you'll be able to see the green and and uh, and try to shoot uh, shoot all drakes if you possibly can. But I uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited to hear about the uh, about the new operation and and, uh, and and where you guys have gone because I've always had such such great times with you and and folks let me tell you this is something that I can I can assure you Mike Holman is fun to be with I mean he uh, <laughs> he he's, he he keeps things moving and uh, uh, does everybody still kind of jump in and help set decoys and stuff like that oh, I always yeah. enjoyed I always enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, also too, you know, a lot of people come in and uh, they get in good in early enough. We sometimes try to squeeze in an afternoon hunt, so um, we're definitely not opposed to going out and getting a, a you know an afternoon duck hunt set up and ready for everyone to hop off the plane and change in the field and jump into a duck spread. But I mean, even in the mornings, we're all getting together and you know putting out decoys and kind of getting things ready for the morning, you know, the morning go. So absolutely. I remember the first time I ever came out there. I mean, we, uh, <clears throat> you know, he picked us up at the airport, and and at that time, you know, the your the lodge was a little closer closer in to the airport than than it is now, which you know just you know by chance. And you said, "Let's go change real quick." You know, we've got our licenses ready. Everything was done, and you know, in in less than an hour, we were out in a field and I think shot five limits of ducks and, you know, mm-hmm. had a great start. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely very, very, very possible to do that. Uh, and Mike, you know, once again, uh, give us the website, uh, SaskatoonWaterfowl.com, is it? Yep, that's it. Yes, sir. All right, my friend, I cannot thank you enough for being my guest this week. I, I, folks, I'm going to tell you, this is a, this is my testimonial. You go out hunting with Mike Holman and his operation, and you are you're gonna get in touch with me and thank me because these guys are absolutely great. Mike, I can't thank you enough. I really I appreciate you being paid. Hey, thank you for being, and thanks for all the great information. It was absolutely fabulous. Oh well, good deal, and I I enjoyed it as well. Yes, sir. Okay, buddy. Hey, and folks, you know we're 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 coming up on the close of the show. You know, I've got a, I mean, a couple of things that uh, you know, that I let I let get past me here. Um, you know, in a, in a in the previous weeks, you know, I, we had a couple of couple of folks that that were good friends of mine that that uh, passed away. Uh, you know, a great great wing shooting and shotgun writer, Nick Sisley. Uh, Nick, uh, you know, if you read any shooting magazines, Nick Sisley has been a part of all of those for many 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 years. And you know, sorry to see Nick Nick gone. Uh, and another young man who was a former uh, gun club manager at Far City Gun Club, Chris Crantrell, who actually had moved up to um, uh, to be the manager at Rocky Creek Sporting Clays uh, near Charlotte, uh, passed away suddenly at age 38 and left a 14-year-old daughter. So, you know, our our, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, with both of those families. And folks, once again, thank you for being here. Check us out on wingandclayradio.com. Uh, you'll get all the show information and how to listen to previous shows. And many thanks to Mike Coleman, SaskatoonWaterfowl.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting. 